living on the edge with my sloppy hobbit. Hello, and welcome to Dice Like Ice. This is episode six. I'm your host, Tony Acton, and with me, the Bert to my Ernie, Andrew Mitchell. I was going to do a joke about the voice, but I honestly can't remember which voice is which. It's been so long since I've seen Sesame Street. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, we don't have Ben with us, so I kind of had a had to dig up a duo on the fly, and the first thing that popped in my head for some unknown reason was Burton Ernie. So I, I had, here I had we a, are. I had a second where I was about to do a Kermit voice, and I'm like, wait, no, not every fucking Muppet sounds like Kermit. Oops. <laughs> Should I, I redo it and do uh, and the, the Fozzie here. Bear to my Swedish chef? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, we're here. Uh, anyway. So this is, uh, is going to be kind of a, a little different from our normal episodes. Um, if you've listened to our previous episodes, you heard that we were going to the New Orleans open the u.s open in new orleans so we have recently come back from that and this is going to be kind of a wrap-up episode on it uh, before we uh, get into our tales about nola uh, this episode is sponsored by grip and oh the lid didn't come oh. off oh god that's uh, good i got us. i was struggling with my pop top on mine uh, oh god we both it's <laughs> good start it's... It's karma from our terrible drinking we did over in New Orleans. Oh, my God. This is the first beer I've had since we got back. Uh, I had one, but it was definitely very low alcohol. <laughs> what uh, What do you got today, Andrew? Oh, today we have a Bell's Special Double Cream Stout. It's uh, It sounded delightful. Uh, it says sweet stout on the bottom. Let's see how sweet it actually is. It's, it's actually pretty good. Then again, nothing by Bell's is bad. Though, That's true. I'm not a big fan of their Oberon Ale. Yeah, that one's all right. Um, it's sweeter. I wouldn't describe it as like, yeah, I, like sweet wouldn't be the first word that comes to mind. But as far as stouts go, it's a well, bit it's, more it's on the sweet, sweet side. for a cream ale. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's yeah. definitely more of a uh, uh, silly fun drink as opposed to like a I'm having a drink kind of drink. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm going with the Founders All Day IPA Session Ale. It's uh, it's a really light four point seven, mm. and I guess it's because they're it's their all day IPA, so you can drink these all day like water. So that makes sense. But it's a good um, one. This one's a six point one, so also not terribly high on the alcohol. Yeah. But uh, it's a stout, so you can really only have one, and then your tummy's full. Man, I really wish I had more of the cosmic debris though. That is mm. mwah, fucking fantastic brew. Yeah, I, I got you to enjoy an IPA this weekend, guys. I, I, Everyone, I got Andrew to drink and enjoy an IPA. Let let me let me clarify. Uh, I drank the IPA and I did not hate the IPA. There is a difference. <laughs> you uh, you went for a second. You got a second one. Yeah, because I'd already burned off my taste buds with the paint thinner that is a high-alcohol <laughs> IPA and was okay at that point. Listeners, if you've had a Cosmic Debris IPA from Creature Comforts, write in and tell Andrew how he's wrong because hey, hey, it's fantastic. I never say it's bad to enjoy IPAs. They're just very much not for me. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Oh, all righty. So, uh, Hobby Progress. I know we, we both had fully done armies for NOLA, and it appears that... Me, you, and uh, our, our compatriot Ben are all digging into new armies now. So what have you, you been working on? Oh, well, not new for people who've listened to the podcast so far. I, uh, I've been just plugging away at my, my huge stack of green skins. I, um, I finished the skin on... Let me do the numbers here. I finished the skin on 20 Beast Naga Boys, the six knobs that are going to go with the rest of my boys, the 
Beast Dagger Boss, or Beast Boss, whatever they're just called, and then also the Mega Armor War Boss. Uh, I got the pants and boots done on all of the boys, the 60 boys, the 20 Beast Dagger Boys, etc., etc., apart from uh, highlighting. Um, this is all before NOLA, by the way. <laughs> uh, and then getting back from NOLA, the only thing I've really accomplished was uh, I did the base coat on all the leathers on my Beast Nega Boys, the knobs and the bosses. Nice. Uh, and I just started on the blues on the Mega, knob, Mega Armor War Boss. Um, I always want to say Mega Knob. It's just one word in my head. Um, are you doing a contrast on the leather, or are you building it up from brown tones? Just brown tones. Uh, the way I'm Dude, doing it's going to be... Tony, man, Snakebite leather contrast is perfect. Oh, well, the way I'm doing it is super simple because hmm. I skip a lot of steps when it comes to baseline infantry. Um, which yeah, is still, that's fair. It's just still more than a lot of people do on their baseline infantry because I'm a crazy person. So, no, I just do um, a base coat of wash and then just some very light highlights. Like, uh, I'll do the highest edges of the leather and then a couple of very small, like, vertical lines to get, get the effect of, like, scratches and stuff, like it's worn leather. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's, it's pretty simple as far as that sort of thing goes. And... It, like with the Beast Naga boys, it's all uh, like chest straps holding on their one shoulder pad and stuff. So I, I get to skip the shirt step on them. So that's pretty nice. But um, yeah, that's... Uh, oh, and I did also uh, rescue a Death Dread that I, I got. Uh, it was it was relatively mangled. Um, and so I pulled, pulled it apart and uh, trimmed down the stupid amount of glue that was on it and I built it a brand new arm from uh, various bits in my bits boxes I uh, didn't have enough to get the full four close combat arms but I got three and then I rigged up my own custom mega blaster for his fourth arm out of uh, blaster bits and a couple of gene stealer cult bits that I had lying around I think it was the uh, the laser turret arm for the goliath truck I converted is that into a, an arm is it a left arm or a right arm you're missing uh, right on. One I of the... might have an old Space Marine Dreadnought close combat arm somewhere. Ah, no, it's cool. I'm, I'm happy All with right. the, the custom Mega Blaster I, I converted for it. But um, Fair enough. Yeah, that's that's all I got accomplished. Pretty pretty light uh, from what from the week we've been back from New Orleans, so not too yeah. bad. So, how about yourself? Uh, well, you know, I did a whole 180 from my Skaven Rats... Uh, and decided to dive into Soul Blight because I ended up getting some Soul Blight dice while we were there. So I said, hell with it. Uh, so I've built so far, uh, let's see, it was 10 zombies, most of the baddies from the Cursed City box for them. Um, I built the cool mask holding lady that I can never remember her name, but I just love that model. Uh starts with a v i'm not super sure oh i don't know she's part of the viracos or viracos dynasty or whatever she's the the chick who's on a cavalry base which is really strange but she's got like the cloth that goes out behind her and is holding a little masquerade mask in one hand yeah the base that's it's like um uh what was it the eldar lady who has a, a base just to accommodate her silly dress yeah pretty much it's that kind of same thing uh and then so far i've built 50 skeletons oh, wow. i think it's 50 skeletons 10 zombies uh, and I've been working my way through a box of Blood Knights, got two of the Crimson Court guys built to be my actual vampire heroes on there. Still have to build my, um, I don't know which uh, which one of the big guys I want to use out of it. Use uh, Manfred von Karstein or the vampire chick who's a really good spellcaster. Uh, so. Oh, what the heck's her name? The Nef- Nef- Nefertari, Nefertiri, yeah, something, like, something that. like that. But, um... And then still got some Black Knights to build and another box of Blood Knights, but picked up a zombie dragon with Vampire Lord from Ben that he had built that he doesn't use anymore. 
So all told, uh, just from that, it looks like I've got a rough 2,000 point list. Not optimized, not even close to optimized, but got that set up. So. And I've, I've magnetized. Everything I've built, I've magnetized so far. So I'm going... Uh, I'm magnetizing as I go this time instead of like my Skaven where I'm like mm, I'm gonna magnetize 200 models tonight <laughs> so well, thankfully with the bases it's not too bad it's just you know dollop of glue slap on the magnet good to go yeah it's not too bad unless you're doing them in blocks of over 100 ah uh, you know just throw on a good <laughs> podcast or, or Netflix show I hear that squid game show is worth watching <laughs> so just put that on the background and you know just have that well, it becomes more of an issue of, because you have to set them either upside down or on their sides to dry. It becomes the issue of if I bump my workstation too hard, it sets off a chain reaction, and I lose about 20 magnets, so they all shoot together and instantly glue themselves. That's pretty bad. Also, I think Squid Game's Korean, so you'd have to read at the same time. Not not, not a good combo, now I'm thinking about it. What, you, you don't think I speak Korean, Andrew? I mean, enlighten us, oh, Tony. Yeah, I don't speak Korean. Well, there you go. Good job calling the bluff. Oh, it's, it was, uh, you had me going there for a minute, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's really all the hobby progress that I've done. I uh, went to a couple of hobby shops around the area, just checking some stuff out. Went, out. went up to Giga, went back out to the gigantic hobby town in Kennesaw just to kind of pick up some stuff, which is where I found the Crimson Court, which was awesome. Oh, it's such a good kit. Oh, I, it really is. They're beautiful. Yeah, as I've said in previous podcasts, I bought a bunch of Soul Blight stuff and then sold a bunch of Soul Blight stuff because they announced the Cruel Boys and Greenskins is my flavor. Right. Um, but I did keep the Crimson Court just for like D&D use. And I guess if I ever want to get into um, uh, uh, Warhammer Underworlds, uh, I've never really given it a go, but it could be fun. So I still have the cards and everything, and I have the models, and they're like 75% painted. Uh, but that's that's a really good kit. Those are some beautiful models. And I also uh, also built one of the undead king guys, the white kings. The white kings, yeah, the on the, foot. Oh, the old one. That that model still holds up, even though oh, it's, it's like really good. It's like twelve years old now, and that was just it's such a really good sculpt. Good. Yeah, it's a it's a fantastic one. But yeah, that's pretty much all the hobby progress I've done. I haven't really gotten to paint here. It's been a bit of a bit of a rainstorm the past week, so I couldn't prime anything, unfortunately. But. Yeah, I had I had one good day to prime the couple. Oh, uh, other hobby progress. I got one amazing thing in New Orleans. Uh, oh well, yeah. First, I got a beast boss on Squigasaur, which was a, a really good get because those are sold out pretty much everywhere. But I got everybody's favorite sloppy hobbit. Bigly, Bigly, Bigby, Bigby Crumb. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I picked up, um, oh, what is it? It's actually sitting right here next to me. What are their names? I picked up House Grime. I can't read the rest of it because there's tape over it, but House Grime guy, the uh, the cool Judge Dread Arbite chick, and the, uh, the dude who is totally going to be a miniature I use in Starfinder with his bathtub claw foot thing. Oh, that's great. Man, oh, they're the, so the, cool looking. The Big B Crumb model, like, I know it's a hobbit and it's a miniature of a hobbit, but it is so damn tiny. It is like, <laughs> it is legitimately like the, the, the last, it's like half the size of my thumb. He is so small. Like, oh, he, yeah. Yeah. Like, if, if I'm not careful, he could easily, like, ping across the room and just be lost to the void. Yeah. When uh, we were doing the Lord of the Rings strategy battle game, uh, one of our guys, Bryce, was playing hobbits and like i have dwarves and the dwarves are very small like the dwarves are small compared to old warhammer fantasy dwarves and the hobbits make the dwarves look gigantic jeez 
Yeah, he's probably about that scale, but a uh, great model. Uh, went together relatively easily as far as uh, a Forge World kit, those. So, yeah. Did you wash this... it? I actually didn't. Oh, bold move. I can't uh, wait to hear the hobby progress of you yelling in a miniature. It was one of those things where I thought about it after I glued them together, and I was like, well, he went together pretty easily. I guess we're good. Oof. And then I primed him, Oof. and still good. He looks fine. He's totally smooth. I, I had no issues. Maybe they're getting better about their releasing agent stuff. I don't know, man. That's still a, that's still a risky risky behavior. But you know what? Living More on the edge with my you. sloppy hobbit. Yeah, seriously. Uh, so uh, I know we're going to get into a long games played segment here in a bit when we talk about the tournament. But other than the tournament, did you did you have any plays? I did actually get in uh, one game of 40k right before the tournament with my uh, my buddy Will and his Necrons. Um, I did the Billion Boys March. I, I took uh, 20 Beast Snag of Boys. I took 60 Normal Boys. I brought a Death Dread. I brought uh, two Battle Wagons. I did um, the Mega Armor War Boss. Uh, I did a Weird Boy because, you know, if you're doing boys, you have to take a Weird Boy. Yeah. Um, and uh, jump. Not, not to put it uh, too too harsh a note but uh i fucking stomped his robo dick flat he was it was it was it was a snowball just rolling down a hill i gained momentum and just destroyed him it was it was a bad it was a bad game for the necrons man i feel like every time you play this poor guy you just you just fucking curb stomp him well uh, will doesn't exactly take the most optimized lists which we're not exactly going for the meta here or anything but he likes to take wraiths which are one of the worst models for the whole army or sorry one of the best models for the army one of the worst units for the army so far um and so he he spends like 300 points on on rates pretty much every time uh glad you corrected yourself there i was about to yeah, unplug my model. headset and just walk across the city and punch you in the head a couple of times oh uh, well you know <laughs> um but no fantastic model holds up surprisingly well even compared to the new models which are also gorgeous but um yeah it's just they they're just not good and when he's using a sixth of his his points for a bunch of wraiths that don't really end up doing anything. It kind of it kind of shows after a point. His destroyers did do a pretty good bit of work though. They completely nuked my death dread before I had a chance to even get across the map. And this is after I spent the points to get the um, the the special pistons that give him three extra inches of movement. Mm. Um, he took off almost my entire one of my battle wagons wounds it had like two wounds left and just barely got to the lines to drop off the beast naga boys uh so his destroyers were definitely doing some work i think if he had doubled down on them or i don't know uh his immortals were doing fairly well so there's there's just other units he could have put points in i I think he could have done significantly better if he just got rid of those wraiths yeah fair enough so how about uh your game what did you get in this weekend uh yeah I, i threw one down against ben I just have my my New Orleans stuff in the car still uh, because I'm lazy and don't take stuff out of my car after a week sometimes. Hmm. And I was up at the shop, and he was originally going to play a a league game for the 40K League, but the guy canceled on him. So uh, he was like, hey, you want to pick up a Sigmar game? Yeah, sure. So he ran uh, Stormcast. He built a quick Stormcast list against my my New Orleans tried and trusted Skaven. Uh, His Stormcast list was actually terrifying on paper. It was... um, Two groups of the Annihilators, you know, the dude who deep strike down and smash you. The, the um, Sigmar Terminators. Yeah, the Sigmar Terminators. Like, I think two groups of Liberators. Uh, the dudes with the big two-handed hammers mm. that run around. Um, he ran the the wizard stick guy. The, <laughs> uh, like, out of the new box. The lord that has the little griffhound with him. And then uh, in, in Estrada, or whatever the fuck her name is. 
Indrasta, I think. Indrasta, I think that's it. I don't know. I don't know the names of any of the new Stormcast stuff. And when I you put a know, when you yeah. put a Y in front of a name, unless yeah. you're like Norwegian, kind of hard to parse it out. <laughs> yes, yeah, seriously. Uh, but yeah, that was what he ran against uh, against my my Skaven list. And if my dice would have rolled as well in New Orleans as they rolled on Sunday. I would have tabled every opponent I had. <laughs> I, I, that might, I felt, might be a touch of a spoiler for how New Orleans went, but continue. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was it was savage. Um, my Storm Fiends, uh, on the 3D6 rattling gun shots, I was averaging, I think, 29 shots all three Whoa. times they shot. Whoa. And it was, you know, all two damage, reroll hits, reroll wounds, so I was getting, like, I think I was getting about 21 or 22 wounds through that he was having to save against and they're all two damage and it was just cutting through stuff warp lightning cannon was on fire it exploded itself in the first turn but it killed what it needed to kill literally on fire yeah, literally <laughs> on fire but it was it was crazy i was passing saves with skaven but you know it was a list he threw together that he didn't really know its synergies of against a list that i've been playing exclusively for two and a half months yeah and he's been preparing his flesh eater courts for the new orleans tournament as well exactly. so he doesn't he doesn't really know the stormcast rules like the back yeah. of his hand or anything uh, so the wing chick just absolutely curb stomped thankful into the ground <laughs> that is her stick i think she's, but you know she's what the he melted hunter. five liberators before he went down so yeah you know tit for tat exactly but yeah that's uh, that's the only game i got in unfortunately but you know it's all right because we got in a lot in New Orleans. Boy, did we! How about you? You start us off with uh, how that went. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so quick thing on how New Orleans went. It was run through the Best Coast Pairings app, which I hate. Uh, it worked for what we needed it to do. It is. It is a, a, a temperamental app to say the least. Yeah, I'll agree with that completely. <laughs> um, it was a five-round tournament, so the first rounds were random pairing. So you just got paired with a random person. And then, after that, you were paired with somebody on your skill set. So if you won, you were paired with a winner who had about the same amount of points as you. If you lost, you were paired with a loser who had about the same amount of points as you. So, in theory, that would keep all of the games even. In theory. In theory. It's not always the case, but, Uh you know, what can you do? Uh, So, I'm going to run down what my list was, real quick. That way everyone's got the idea of it, and... Andrew, before your first game, if you'll run yours down as well. Oh, I can remember it. I only have six models, so it was easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Uh, so, I, of course, ran Skaven. I had an Arch Warlock as my general with the Amulet of Destiny. More, more warp power, which is a spell that I can cast that gives one of my Scryer units reroll hits, reroll wounds until the next year of phase. That comes into play a lot because it's amazing. Uh, then I've got a Warlock Bombardier who has uh, Warp Lightning as a spell, which I don't think I've ever cast off of him. Then I've got Thankwill and Bone Ripper with four of the Warfire Throwers and the Skitter Leap spell, which was my kind of ace in the hole for a couple of games. Got a Warp Lightning Cannon, uh, three units of Clan Rats, um, one unit of Night Runners, and then a unit of Storm Fiends uh, with two Rattling Guns, two Doom Flare Gauntlets, and two of the. Oh my god, well, I cannot remember the name of them. Uh, poisoned globe launcher things. Globadiers? They're called something else on the Storm Fiends. Uh, I think they're called like poisoned wind launchers, but I I don't recall off the top of my head. So that was my list. Uh, So the first mission I played was one where the objectives don't start on the table. 
They come one comes down on turn one, one on turn two, one on turn three, and they're each worth the points of whatever turn it is. So the first turn, you're not fighting over objectives. Uh, my first opponent, uh, her name was Ashley. She had one of the most beautifully painted Chaos Armies I have ever seen. Uh, so beautifully painted that she won Best Painted yeah. for Sigmar, right? Uh, I don't... If, if I, yeah, it she did. She did win Best Painted, yep. Yeah. But it was beautiful. It was, uh, it was a Zinch... Or a, technically, it was a Zinch Army with Archaon in it. Yeah, that's, that's uh, and, the new meta for Slice yeah, of Darkness right now. Yeah, it is. Which is hilarious, because literally 10 minutes for that match, we were sitting there at a table, me, Andrew, and Ben, just looking at kind of armies. We are like, oh, you know, none of us have ever played against Archaon. I was like, I wonder what Archaon does. <laughs> and we laughed. I was like, uh, I'll worry about what Archaon does if I have to play him this tournament. So naturally, my first game was against Archaon. <laughs> uh, but it was Archaon, Fate Weaver, who Fate Weaver will come into play in this game. Blue Scribes, a Magister, and Acolytes and Horrors. Uh, so it started off, both kind of advanced up the board. Um, I won first turn, because I only had one drop. Gave her first turn. She advanced a little bit. I advanced a little bit. Not a lot happened on the first turn. Second turn, the objective came in dead center on the table. So my Storm Fiends moved up. Archon moved up. I got a really good shot with the Warp Lightning Cannon. I did like... I think it was seven or eight mortal wounds got through to Archaon. I was like, okay, all right, we're looking good. Uh, Storm Fiends fired at him, and he saved everything. Stopped looking good right then. So kept going, kept fighting over the middle bit. Um, she killed a couple of Storm Fiends. I was engaged with Archaon. We were just kind of pummeling each other. Thankful ran up, melted a little bit of stuff. Um, I had one clan rat running away to give me uh, to, to deny her her... Uh, strategy broken ranks. It's just one clan rat survived. I spent the command point to make it pass his bravery. He just kept running, so she didn't get that. Which I was like, at the end of turn two, it was a decently close game. It then ceased to be a close game after that. <laughs> um, couldn't bring down Archaon. I got him down to two wounds before um, before he. What is it? Uh, Slayer of Kings, the sword, the two double sixes to wound. Yeah, yeah just the, the insta kill ate, sword. Yeah. Yep, just ate my warlock. Uh, my warp landing cannon exploded itself, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna fire my warlock bombardier. I'm gonna do more and more doom rocket, so it's two d six damage. Like I'm gonna kill Archaon, even though she reminded me about Cairo's Fate Weaver's damn ability uh, to change any die roll in the game. Just one. So, huh? Just one. Just one. One time. That's all it takes to turn that more and more Doom Rocket shot into a one to hit, so I deal 2d6 mortal wounds to myself. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, it was 12. Oh, I did not I did not hear that part. <laughs> yeah. I, the bomb, it was it was a Hail Mary to try and kill Archaon to salvage the game. Uh, I ended up losing that one 50 to 11, because I just had a half squad of clan rats running away to give myself my grand strategy. So uh, I, I exited round one with a pretty solid loss. Hmm. What about you, Andrew? How was your round one? Mm -hmm. Well, unlike Tony, I didn't record every single individual uh, score, but I have a rough idea of what they were. However, the first <laughs> one is seared into my goddamn brain. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, because we didn't cover it, I did take uh, my Mega Gargans list that I was talking about. I uh, I didn't take the uber-optimized one that most people are running, where you have two Kraken Eaters and a bunch of other stuff. Um, I just went with what I had. I, I went pretty much full WYSIWYG. Uh, so I took a uh, so I took a taker tribe. That was an accidental tongue twister. Uh, took a taker take tribe. Take a taker tribe. Took a taker. Took a taker. I had a crack and eater as my general, <laughs> um, 
and I gave him the very acquisitive trait so he could have a bonus uh, artifact. Um, with the bonus enhancements and stuff, I was able to have three artifacts throughout my army, but I only had it on two of my Gargans. So he had his Kraken Skin sandals, so his kick ability did more bonus damage. And anytime I told people that, I made the joke that he was wearing his Jordans. So that got some laughs, because I'm a very funny individual. Um, <laughs> it got had... at least five laughs, one from each opponent is what you're saying? Pretty much, yep. Five um, individual ha. Most most of them were a soft chuckle at best, but you know I'll, I counted. Damn it! <laughs> um, he also had the arcane tome just because I needed um, the ability to cast flaming weapon to give myself a damage boost and to deny the occasional spell here and there. Um, so it, it 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 worked out a couple of times. It was only so so useful, but you know it was better than nothing. Uh, I also took a gatebreaker who I put the amulet of destiny on because of course I did. It's probably the best relic in the game right now, at least across, at least across all, all armies. Um, so he was my wrecking ball. Uh, I also had a war stomper. He mostly hung back and held objectives or died horribly immediately, just depending on which game I had. And then I had, uh, three one man units of man crushers. Um, it was two battalions and it ended up being four, four drops total. So nothing crazy. Um, but my first game was against a Skaven player whose name I forgot, which is a shame because he was a fantastic guy. And we uh, had a I believe very... it was Brandon, if I'm not mistaken, right? I, I think that was his last name because he was he's one of those two uh, those those two first name guys. Gotcha. Um... He's also on the uh, Skaven Facebook page. So if on some off chance he's listening, reach out. I'd love to talk Skaven list so... with you sometime. So in my uh, uh, my defense for how badly I did against this particular match, he ended up being like top ten, which is really good for Skaven right now because they're they're. Mm-hmm swingy it's i mean he's he specifically built his list to take care of gargants he said because he knew gargants were going to be a big thing which of course they are they're really good right now oh excuse me a bit burpy um so uh uh, I felt the full force of that. So we deployed. I got first round. I moved forward. Wasn't much I could do because I wasn't able to get all my charges off because he deployed well. He's one of those people who does like math and measures things like a smart person. So I was, you know, even if I got max charges, I was out of charging range. Um, and then his turn happened and he shot the ever loving shit out of my giants. Uh, first salvo killed all my man crushers, just gone immediately. Uh, pretty well killed my war stomper he was down to like three wounds or something kraken eater was at half health um gatebreaker was fine because he had the amulet of destiny he was only down like four or five wounds uh next round double turned of course because anytime anything starts going bad i get double turned um (laughs) so i got double turned and just some amazing rolls from his warp lightning cannon Amazing rolls from his Gatling cannons, amazing rolls from his warp fire thrower. He was essentially what happened was every time he rolled, he got like max damage and blew up his unit, but that was fine because he was taking off 12 mortal wounds on my mega target. Yep. And I only had so much feel no pains to go around. Uh, he was able to skitter leap some or uh, uh, gnaw hole some of his plague monks through and was able to just start nipping at the heels of my gatebreaker. Uh, so by the end of turn two, I had like one wound left, and I was like, well. I think I lost. I'll just go ahead and concede. <laughs> so it ended up being four points to 52 points. Uh, not a great game. Uh, as you've probably heard in previous uh, podcasts, I'm really not a fan of Double Turn. It is like legitimately the only thing I hate about Age of Sigmar, uh, which I had some discussions with people, and they were like, nah, you're a fool. It's, it's great. It's totally fine. It's way more tactical, to which I say, you're wrong, sir. It's not fun. But... Um, we ended up hanging out afterwards. Uh, we got done so early. We had time to go get coffee and breakfast because this was at nine in the morning. 
uh, and everybody hung out late the night before, of course. Um, <laughs> and so we just hang, hung out and chatted for a long time. Super cool dude. Uh, just, you know, talked about Sigmar and, you know, shot the shit for an hour. And that was my first game. I rolled like three die and then died. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, my first game went uh, past time. We were one of the last groups left playing. Uh, just because nothing really happened until the bottom of turn two and it was a slugfest. And then, uh, you know, I got punched in the nose and everything fell apart after that. But, uh, so Andrew and I both went into round two with a loss. Mm -hmm. Uh, so my next game was against a guy who I can not remember his name. Um, man, I cannot remember his name. Uh, he was a kid. He was one of the youngest competitors there. He was, uh, I believe he was, Ben said he was 12 or 13. Something like that. Um, uh, Jace, that was it. God. Uh, super friendly guy. Uh, beautiful gloom spite army that him and his dad had been working on. It was uh, a loon boss, a loon boss on a mangler squig, a shaman, Kragnos, a uh, bunch of stabas, and then two of the uh, the bouncy cab units. Uh, so, Boing Rock uh, Pounders. Yes, thank you. So I know this, my gits. <laughs> you know your gits. This was everyone's favorite game type, Knife to the Heart. It's uh. not called that in this, but it's Knife to the Heart. It is where at the at any point uh, after the start of turn three, if you control all of the objectives, you win. So there's four objectives, so it's hard to control all of them. But the realm was Gur, so um, on turn three, whoever's going second could remove an objective. So that comes into play in this game. Game starts off... Uh, the, the running theme is I pretty much always get first turn. I'm a one-drop Skaven army. It's really hard to beat a one-drop army. Most people are two drops, so I pretty much always have the option to go first or second. Game starts off. Uh, I do my, my fun little thing with Skitter Leap, and I throw my Arch Warlock toward their line, and then jump uh, six Storm Fiends through a null hole and remove whatever the biggest threat is. This one, uh, I was able to get close enough to the Mangler Squig to just entirely remove it from play with uh, rattling guns and then put some of my globes into some of his bounders to mess with them pretty good uh his turn kragnos ran up to the middle of the field and just failed up i think he failed like a seven inch charge re-rolled it and failed it again so i got really lucky there that kragnos didn't hit my lines uh, so I counter, I ran up with thankful on uh, the next turn melted a group of um just normal normal grots and charged Craig shot Kragnos a bunch with a warp lightning cannon uh, which did almost nothing and a bunch of storm fiends which also did almost nothing charged in with those the arch warlock failed his charge uh, and probably got absolutely gutted by the bounders that were left uh, my other stuff just kind of moved around a little bit and screened here and there same with his other stuff the big fight in the center with Kragnos uh, I attacked with the storm fiends first didn't kill Kragnos. Kragnos then just decided to remove Thankwell entirely from existence with little to no trouble. He does do that. He does do that. So at the end of turn two, um, all I had killed was a Mangler Squig and a handful of Bounders and one 20-man unit of Grots, which 10 of them got brought back in the Loon Shrine. And he had killed my Arch Warlock and Thankwell. So I was kind of worried at this point. Uh, but then he double-turned which actually helped me because it allowed me to remove the objective that he had garrisoned. So I still had my two, and there was one on the corner, 
kind of uh, in between where he had a handful of goblins um, and my storm fiends. So on his turn, he attacked my storm fiends. He only killed two of them somehow, so I got lucky there. And then I killed Kragnos. Um, one of my storm fiends could only attack the goblins that were there, so they beat up a bunch of goblins. Killed Kragnos. That broke me out of combat, which meant on my turn I could move to the third objective, gun down his stuff that was on it, and then I warp lightning cannoned his guys that were contesting my objective, which got me the game. So by being able to remove it, and by him double turning, the thing Andrew hates won me the game. Mm-hmm. So take that, Andrew. In my experience, if you get double turned, you typically win, but sometimes it works out. No, no, he got double turned. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it works out. Yeah. Oh, I see. I misunderstood yeah. what you said. Yeah. So uh, I ended up beating him. It was worth a whopping one victory point, so I beat him one to zero. That was uh, <laughs> probably my biggest issue with this tournament is they counted victory points, not mm-hmm. like wins. And so that uh, 52, or sorry, math, hang on. That 48-point yeah. lead that my previous opponent had gotten really surged him up the brackets way early. So if you get a yeah. good le- if you get a good lead really quickly, there you go. But then the second one, Knife to the Heart, it's only worth one point if you win because mm-hmm. just the way the objectives are. I-, I wish it would have done it by wins or like win-loss draw and then from those brackets, the number of battle tactics you completed yeah. and then from those brackets, the number of grand strategy you completed. And then if somehow you're still tied, then you count victory points. Yeah, because... I wish that would have been the scoring because the first game you could score so much more than any of the others. Mm-hmm. So. It, yeah, the discrepancy got kind of silly. Not that it mattered for me. I'd already started off the day with a loss. I wasn't Did expecting it. to win by any stretch of the imagination. It just seemed like a more reasonable way to, to tally up the tournament, in my opinion. Yeah. How, uh, how'd your game two go, Andrew? Oh, game two uh, was interesting because I uh, drove <laughs> eight hours all the way to New Orleans and ended up playing with Ben, the guy I play with like every other weekend. So... <laughs> 77-person tournament and you guys play each other. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I played my Mega Gargans against his Flesh Eater Quartz. Um... He took a flare heavy list as always, which is really good against our Gargants because they're just chewing off mortal wounds because uh, our bravery sucks. Um, knife to the heart as well. Um, did a pretty good job charging forward, getting objectives. Kraken Eater played some soccer. I was able to kick objectives around. I got two of them in a corner, so I just had those on lockdown. Uh, not sure if it ended up costing me the game or saving me the game just because of how things went out. Um, Ben totally forgot uh, turn three that he could take objectives off, so we just had four objectives the entire time, which if he'd have remembered to do that, I probably would have won him the game. But uh, first time in a... Uh, or, sorry, I've gotten two draws in Age of Sigmar ever, and the second one was that game against Ben at an official Warhammer tournament. Uh, it's just, we, we did the math, we sat down, it's like, well, if I leave my objective, that means you'll win, because I won't have enough points, but if you leave your objective, you'll get you won't have enough points and I'll win. If we both sit here, we both draw. Can you get any battle tactics? Mm, not this game. What about you? No, not this round either. Hmm. Okay, okay. And so we just sat there and worked out every single possible angle we could. And we're like, yeah, no, we just drew. There's just there's no way we could fix this. We're both idiots. <laughs> and uh, if I'm not mistaken, you're both running the exact same list you drew with last time, correct? Uh-huh. He took the exact same <laughs> Flesh Eater Quartz list. Uh, it was a different game type, though, I'm pretty sure. It was, yeah. Yeah, yeah the other one you guys played was uh, Apex Predators. I remember that. that. Yeah, because it was a Heroes-based one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which that one he almost beat me on. I was just lucky enough to get some really lucky save rolls at the end that kept my Gargan alive. But uh, yeah, so we we played, it was only like an hour. It was a pretty quick match, but just how it how it 
came down, just got a perfect draw. There, and because there was no victory points, I couldn't beat him in victory points. Otherwise, I probably would have. But, uh, you know, it was just we, I had two objectives, he had two objectives, and eh, there you go. Yeah, not bad. So going into round three, uh, I'm going in one-to-one. Andrew's going in one-zero-and-one. <laughs> so I matched up against a gentleman from, I believe, Pennsylvania named Ian. Probably one of just the most fun people I've ever played a game of Warhammer with. Uh, because at the end of this day, this was uh, about five o'clock. We're both in a different time zone. And we were both utterly exhausted because both of our other games had gone pretty much to time. <laughs> so it's the only game of Warhammer I think I've ever played where I was mostly sitting in a chair as we played. And so was he. So he had a Soul Blight army that, uh, that was actually really fun to play against. It was the Zombie Dragon, Belladonna, a Necromancer, uh, the ever-immortal Manfred von Karstein, 40 Zombies, 10 skeletons, 10 wolves, 5 knights, and 10 graveyard, or grave guard. And uh, he was using the spell portal thing, which, uh, who that got me a couple of times with some of the spells you could cast through it. Um, so this was a game type that was, I think this was just, just three objectives, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, three objectives. It was right the primary objective. Yeah. Um, uh, Teutonic Interference, I think it is. It's where you roll and one of the objectives is worth two, the other is worth one. Yeah, the alpha and the beta objectives. Yeah. yeah. Um, so game starts off. Uh, I, I do my little trick again to flip my Storm Fiends and my Arch Warlock forward. Um, I think I melted... I think I melted like 31 of his... Or no. I melted like 16 of his zombies. And then with his bravery check, it killed it all the way down to 31. I was like, alright, there's only 9 zombies left. I don't have to worry about that squad. That's wrong. Gravelord just brings stuff back with zero trouble. Because by the end of his turn one, almost all those zombies were back. Um, moved my line up, took the middle objective, which was our high-scoring objective in this one, and the left flank objective. He took, on his turn, he took the objective that was on his side, and then pushed me back off the middle and took it back from me. So we came out of round one. I had one more point than him. Uh, because I did, I, I got, um, my battle tactic with a monster. Round two comes in. It's that same thing. We're just fighting over that center line. His zombie dragon comes out. Uh, my Storm Fiends rolled hot and just deleted it off the board. Uh, then he pretty much deleted an entire unit of Clan Rats with uh, Karstein, who then jumped around on the next turn and killed my Warp Lightning Cannon and my Bombardier, and just kept cutting his way through stuff as my Storm Fiends were just gunning things down. Uh, it was a really, really bloody battle. I think at the end of the game, I had one unit of Clan Rats, two Storm Fiends, and Thankwill left, and I think he had... He had like eight skeletons, a couple of wolves, Belladonna, the Necromancer, and Von Karstein. And this was yet another game where I finished well before you and just kind yeah. of walking around. I'm like, oh, you're still going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, this one this one came down to the wire. Uh, I ended up winning that one 26 to 20. Um, and it was just because I eked out like one or two more points each turn. But at any point, it could have it could have gone the other way, and he would have ended up winning. But it was a good, close game. Him and I joked and laughed pretty much the entire time at just the shenanigans rolls that were happening. Like, um, at one point, I lit up his, um, I think it was his wolves, I just unloaded into with the Storm Fiends, and he failed tons of saves. He was like, okay, well, I've got to make, you know... 
I think it was, I think it was like 14 or 15 wounds he ended up taking or damage. And he has the six up ignore from his, his flesh eater thing. And he rolled like nine sixes. Wow. It's like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? Like every time I thought I was going to kill a squad all the way, I didn't. And he just kept getting squads back to like, I finally killed the 40 man zombie block. Then the next turn, he rolled his five up and got 20 of the zombies back. Then I killed the grave guard unit, and he rolled five up and got half the grave guard back. It's like everything I had to kill, I had to kill twice. So, But it was a fun game. It was a really close game. So I was really happy coming out of day one, though. I was two and one. I had a solid win, a close win, and a really horrific loss. But I was like, all right, I think I can do good going into day three. Spoiler alert. That didn't happen. <laughs> Andrew, what about your game three? All right. Uh, like with my first opponent, I don't remember this guy's name. Great dude. Ended up shooting the shit for a while. Super fun. Just like Tony and his guy, we joked and laughed the whole time. Very great opponent. Uh, he took a Slaves to Darkness army with Archaeon. Uh, mm-hmm. He did not, however, take the meta where it was the Zinch version of it. Uh, he went very Nurgle heavy on his list uh, and also had a Demon Prince of Corn, which I thought was a kind of an interesting choice. Um and so his, uh, his battle line units were all Nurgle. He had a Sorcerer on Manticore, I believe. Um, I think he was also Nurgle-based as well. And then Archaeon and the Demon Prince. And that was kind of it. I'm trying to remember if he had anything else, but Archaeon's just so points-heavy, it's hard to really get much else in there. Um, uh, did the, the same thing, three, three objectives down the middle. Uh, my Kraken Eater had a lot of fun playing soccer, so he was able to kick two of those right beside each other pretty early on. Um, and it was, uh, it was a pretty lopsided match in my favor. It was, it was a bit of a stomp. Uh, he concentrated on my Kraken Eater with Archeon for a while, and he was able to just, just hold on. I was able to all-out defense him. I got a Mystic Shield up on him. Uh, he was just, had just enough bubble wrap around him to keep him alive for most of three rounds, uh, and kept Archeon at bay. Uh, long enough for my uh, War Stomper to charge forward, completely just delete a unit of his uh, Chaos Warriors. My Gatebreaker charged forward, also deleted a unit of Chaos Warriors. Uh, ow! Slam my elbow into my chest real quick. Jesus, dude! Ow! <laughs> you good, ow, buddy? Chaos is revenge. Ow! Alright, I'm good, I'm good. I'm sure that sounds great on the microphone. It was loud, um, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> that, that one's gonna get either edited out or way turned down. Uh, anyway, uh, my man crushers were running around holding objectives. They were they were also helping stomp in the chaos warriors. The manticore came out to play. Didn't really do that much. It really wasn't slinging much in the way of spells. It wasn't terribly tough. It didn't do all that much damage. I was able to kill one with a kill it with a man crusher, which they're also really not that great. But you know they're there to soak up wounds and hold objectives and so forth. Uh, I think it was the only match I have where my war stomper stayed alight the entire time. <laughs> that he that was my my poor bastard of the match. He died every single game except for that one. Um but uh, Archaeon was finally able to kill my Kraken Eater. Their ability to ignore insta-kill attacks really helped hamstring Archaeon because he got a lot of rolls where he's like, and that would be a totally dead model if it wasn't a Mega Gargant. And I'm like, ha-ha, Mega Gargans. <laughs> um, so he did finally fell my Kraken Eater. Uh, and then my my Gatebreaker just charged in and just demolished him. He, he had one amazing turn where I did something like 19 wounds against Archaeon, and he failed Jesus. every roll. And I think Archaeon has eight. 18 wounds so my my gatebreaker was just like ah, i don't like that thing what's got all the heads and, and legs and, and tails and stuff and just just fucking mushed them like a tin can and it was 
awesome. But it was a really fun match. Uh, had a ton of fun. It took like an hour and a half. It was it was a decently long match, but uh, ended up being like ten points to twenty six. wasn't wasn't a total stomp in terms of victory points, but wasn't wasn't super close either. But it was a lot of fun. So that was that was a pretty solid way to end my first day with uh, one loss, one win, and one draw. <laughs> All things in perfect balance. I am distinctly average. <laughs> yeah, so uh, go, going out of the first day, uh, I think you were ranked, what, like 41 or something like that? So, mm, a little bit lower. I think it was like Ooh. 51 or something mm, like okay. that. Yeah, I, I was I was on cloud nine. I was going out of first day. I think I was ranked 22. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh, things are looking up for the old rats. <laughs> so uh, we go into, into day two get a uh, game four ready i'm playing against a gentleman named uh, sergio and he's got an ideneth army i think he had the only ideneth army there if i'm not mistaken uh, i think you're right they're they're currently not super popular as far as i'm aware well they're brutal as hell well there you go yeah uh it was um he had the big turtle thing bunch of reavers tide caller um an eidolon one of the big eidolons and gotrick so this one is what the hell was this game type? I know it had the weird staircase deployment zone on it. Yeah, and it was uh three objectives again, but they were down diagonally down yeah. the middle. I yeah. I'm yeah, I think it was just the uh, the hold one, hold two, hold more. Yeah, that sounds right. It was it was one of the simple fun ones. Yeah. So we go into this one, um, you know, same thing, right off the bat, flip my um my storm fiends and my arch warlock to do some damage into things. Unfortunately, he was running the Ideneth faction where you can only target the closest model. Ooh, yeah. So what he try he tries to run Gotrick in the front, but we had such a wide fire base that Gotrick couldn't be in the front. He on turn one, he would have to just react and get in the front turn two. So the first shot of the game, um, I absolutely murked his. Um, one of his groups of reavers and then gun down his general. And I was like, all right, cool. So it was a good start. Took a couple of objectives. His turn comes in. He kind of gets locked over there a little bit, takes a couple of objectives. So we go out of the first turn tied up. Second turn rolls in. Uh, he gets stuck in with the turtle, the Eidolon, some of his reavers. Thankful runs up and burns down some stuff. Uh, it's still looking close. Uh, he's up um, 14 to 10 here. Because he got, um, he took an, he took all three of the objectives. So it's still fairly close, though. Then I got double-turned. And that just ended it. Uh, he double-turned me and wiped out my entire flank. I had one unit of Skaven on one objective left at the end of this turn. He Oof. didn't even need Gotrick. Uh, the turtle ended up absolutely murdering Thankful when he hit it. The Eidolon finished off the Storm Fiends. Uh, the Reavers shot Thankful with 84 arrows, which he survived till the turtle hit him. Mm -hmm. uh, the Warp Lightning Cannon exploded itself. The Warlock Bombardier exploded himself. The Arch Warlock tried to channel through his staff and exploded himself. Sounds like you had a very scaven round. <laughs> oh my god. When, uh, yeah, I rolled, I rolled a one to hit with the Storm Cage and dealt a D3 times D6 mortal wounds to my fucking um, Arch Warlock. I think I dealt Ooh. like... Wow. Yeah, I think, I think it was 15... I think it was three, and then I rolled a five. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's not surviving that. No, uh, sir. The, the Bombardier dealt like nine mortals to himself by dropping his rock at his foot. Every game I played, 
the bombardier killed himself. <laughs> All five games, the bombardier rolled a one and killed himself. If you give a rat a bomb. Right? He didn't kill anything. Not a thing. I think he hit with his Doom Rocket once and it bounced off of Kragnos' shield. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> it was really disappointing. Um, but yeah, so he he ended up winning that one 34 to 14. Um, just because I was running I was running a group of clan rats away that he couldn't catch. So thank God for banners that give me plus two to run. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, he ended up going on to win best in faction for order. So that made me feel a little bit better. And that I it think was it was a close game until he, because if he would have double turned me, I would have been able probably to finish gunning down the Eidolon who only had a couple of wounds left, possibly finishing off the turtle. And Thankful was in position to melt a 30 man Reaver block with his flamethrowers. Ooh, that double turn. Yep. Yeah. Cause that, I'm not saying I would have won, but it definitely would have been a lot closer. Yeah, Godric still would have gotten stuck in and murdered me. But points wouldn't have been uh, had quite as huge of a discrepancy. Exactly. So yeah. So that was uh, that was first game day two for me. How about I you, think, Andrew? I think that guy also ended up taking like sixth or seventh overall in the tournament yeah. as well. He did. He did very well for an army that's not currently like the thing. Yeah, he did. Um, so my first game uh, <laughs> was against a, another lovely person whose name I also forgot. Uh, You're so bad at this. I took notes on my, my wins. I took notes against what army I played. I did not take notes on the players. So apologies. You were all fantastic. Because, <laughs> of course, you're listening to our super famous podcast. Yes. Um, but hey, We've got uh, like 18 downloads there, Ombre. We're getting there, man. Double digits. Hot damn. Right. Uh, <laughs> With only two episodes of our six released so far. Yeah, editing's fun. Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, lovely guy, uh, a little bit hungover, uh, as most people were mm -hmm. in, on this particular Saturday morning. Um, but it was my first mirror match. I played Gargans v. Gargans. Uh, different lists, though. He went with uh, War Stomper Tribe. Uh, so stomper tribe. Um, so it was very man crusher heavy because the war stompers whole shtick is he can make man crushers better and give them orders. It's one of the only uh, mega gargant armies where you have like command abilities because that's that's one of the weird things mega gargants have where there's not much other than like the universal command abilities. Anyway, um, so same 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 battle type as Tony. The objectives down the middle: score one, score two, score three, etc. Um, I got lucky and took first turn, uh, and I just. He, he had his uh, one unit of three man crushers and two units of one man crusher. Uh, battalion was a bit funky, so I ended up winning on the drops and took the first turn. Just charged my man crusher, or my, my gate breaker in and completely annihilated his unit of three man crushers. So that was kind of uh, the scoring backbone of his army done right there because they, they would get all kinds of bonuses if the War Stomper was able to command them, all that. I, I completely annihilated two of them, and I think his last guy had two wounds left in that unit but he was engaged at that point so there wasn't anything he could do i charged my two man crushers into one of his one man units of man crushers wiped that out didn't even have a chance my second man crusher didn't even get to swing the first guy did so well Jesus. um eater immediately took an objective kicked it towards the middle so again i had two objectives right off the bat so i was scoring points left right and center uh he charged forward didn't really get very much done on his turn. Uh, he tried to get some wounds on my Gatebreaker with his remaining Man Crusher uh, by doing all-out attack, and I was like, well, whatever. Amulet of Destiny plus all-out defense, so it ended up being like two wounds total. Um, 
his war stomper charged forward. My war stomper was uh, on the third objective from the first round, so they were they were having kind of a, a war stomper slap fight there at the edge of the the, the um, table. His kraken eater charged in was also joining. My war stomper for having no artifacts, no anything to give him a feel no pain save held out for so long against two mega gargants and two man crushers who charged towards him. Um, he was he held that objective for almost three rounds on his own. Uh, was not in control of it by any stretch of the imagination, but he was still just enough to to make things difficult over there. Um, round two rolls around, no double turn. It was just back to back as it should be. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my my war stomper was there, slapped him around a bit, did some damage. I was able to do. We were in the realm of Gur, so I had the command ability where I could uh, spend a command point and get everybody back up their max profile. So even though he was down to like 10 wounds, he was still hitting like he was at full strength. So I was able to take his Kraken Eater down to like half strength immediately. Um, and this guy, he, he was a good opponent, but he kept forgetting command abilities and such. And I would remind him every now and again, like, hey, you know, you can spin a point and make your guy have max profile. And he'd be like, hey, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do that in a second. And he would <laughs> just forget. And I'm like, all right, I gave him one hit friendly reminder. We're in a tournament. I don't necessarily want him to win. So, you know, I gave him the one. Um, and like I said, he was a little hungover in his defense. So, um, uh, just a big slap fight between those objectives. Again, my gatebreaker was the MVP of my, my game. Just that Amulet of Destiny just keeps him alive for so long compared to the rest of the Mega Gargants. Yeah. And, and he just hits like a freight train. He, he's, he has one range attack, one attack, hits on a three, wounds on a two, I believe. Flat four damage, three rend, I think. Uh, so if he gets that off, it's it's immediate hurt for whatever's hit. Gets in with his Fort Crusher Flail. Uh, each hit is a flat three damage. He does 10 attacks at max profile, which I'm always doing max profile because if he's lower than his bracket, I'm spending that command point to bring him up with oh, durability. Oh, yeah, for sure, especially with how powerful he is. Oh, he's brutal. I, I kind of want to play a game where I have three of them and just see how that goes and just, you know, uh, proxy them with my other two Mega Gargants. But anyway, um, so he's just mulching through him. He kills he kills the Kraken Eater. He kills all of the the Man Crushers. My Kraken Eater is just kicking the, the objectives around, so we just have like a weird cluster of three objectives <laughs> at the edge uh and i'm able to table him at the end it was it was round three i had all but one of my my man crushers still on the table and i just completely tabled him and uh victory points wise it still ended up being relatively close i think it was something like 15 to 32 or something like that i would look all these up on the best coast pairings app but uh you we're can't, not subscribers <laughs> yeah you can't do that three three days out of the uh the tournament and you have to subscribe to see so womp womp but uh, moderately close as far as a tabling goes, um, and it was enlightening to play against a man crush or a, a, a mega gargant army full of man crushers just just to see how the other side lives. It was it was kind of interesting. I did really enjoy the models he used, though. I actually, yes, uh, I, I got smashed models. quick enough to go watch part of Andrew's game. He, he had fantastic inversions, I will say that. Mm -hmm. uh, he had kind of a theme where his bases were like uh, the Yellow Brick Road from Wizard yeah, of Oz. Poppy Field on the side. Yeah, he had Poppy Fields. He had he took um, one of those green stuff rollers and had like a cool cobblestone effect on half of each of his bases, so it looked like the Yellow Brick Road. Uh, he had some really cool conversions with his Man Crushers. It was an excellent one where the Man Crusher was kind of like falling backwards because a a, uh, gloom spite, a gloom spite lunatic was smashing him in the face with his big flail. It was he was did a really excellent job with his conversions. He had a couple of the really old uh, Albion giant models, which I think are as old or maybe older than I am. I believe have... they're older than you. Yeah, I, I want to say the Albion giant range was like eighty eight or eighty nine. So it's at least a couple years older than me. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, it was it was a it was an excellent army to play against. It was a delight to see these wonderful models. So even though he lost, it was a it was a it was a fun time all around. Good man. Um, so my last game uh, game of the tournament was uh, against a gentleman named Rob. Uh, him and I also had a blast playing. So he was running a Bone Reaper army. There were actually what three or four Bone Reaper armies there, which kind of surprised me. But he was running the Petrifax Elite. He had um, a, a liege, I don't know, one of the dudes on the horse. 22 groups of 20 Mortec Guard, a group of Death Riders, and fucking Nagash. Uh, which, holy shit, Nagash is terrifying. He's a, he's a bit tough to kill. Yeah, so this was, uh, this was also another one of those really close games that kind of came down to the wire uh, on both time and and score it was another one of the you know three objectives all three on the middle line um he had the really nice neoprene match that showed the objective range that was fantastic uh first turn you know we walked out of that one five to five i threw my storm fiends up lit up his death rider so a bunch of them ran away he moved forward killed some rats things like that round two came in it was more just kind of heavy hitting right in the middle then uh then round three came in so we're still neck and neck at this point. Round three is where he took the lead from me. But uh, I picked Broken Ranks with Thankful and tagged as 10 Mortec Guard. And the look of, yeah, right, when I did that. Because he didn't think I was going to kill 10 Mortec Guard with Thankful. Uh, he forgot how just brutal Thankful is with those warp fire throws. I, I melted that whole unit of Mortec Guard. Thankful then got uh, suplexed into orbit by Nagash. Uh, I thought I almost killed Nagash at one point. I did like eight or nine wounds to him right off the bat with the Storm Fiends, and he didn't save them all. Uh, then, uh, then Nagash just healed back up and was perfectly fine. Uh, Nagash teleported around a couple of times, and uh, I once again exploded my my bombardier shooting a rocket. Because, you know, why not? Gotta keep the theme. You gotta keep with the theme. I did probably the most scaven thing I have ever done to actually save myself um, an objective. And that was uh, Nagash threw just kind of one or two attacks at some of my clan rat. In a tough, a full clan rat unit he engaged him. And he killed like three or four of them. So what I ended up doing was I cut uh, about three or four of them kind of in the middle. So half of the squad died automatically and just removed away, and then I auto-passed Battleshock with them uh, because I broke coherency with it. So that allowed me to escape Nagash hitting me again, and it also allowed me to get that squad away and still do things with them on their turn and not hold them away. So that kept me in the game a lot longer than I should have been in there. Uh, it, that one ended up 43-37, to 37, and it, once again, it came along down to the... Uh, a couple of rolls here and there it could have swung either way i made some dumb calls on my left flank on how i charged one of his units i shouldn't have charged him i should have just skirted around him and then ran onto the objective to take it because i had more models than he did but you know whatever it was fun we had an absolute fucking blast howling with laughter uh, i would love to play against him again rob if uh, if you are listening to this and you do end up thinking you might go to adepticon hit me up because i really want to go and i would love to throw down with you again but, uh, so unfortunately I lost that one and finished up my first true blue big tournament experience going two and three. Uh, and I think I ended 53rd or 54th in the field. All right. Well, not, not, 
not the worst for your first big tournament. Yeah. No, it was fun. I had I had a lot of fun. All right. Well, my my last game was uh, uh, let's just call it a bookend with my first game <laughs> because I played against Caradron Overlords and I was like, all right, I haven't actually played against this army with my. I, I played like one small skirmish match once against a thousand pointer and it went okay. Um, and so I met this guy again, forgot your name. Super sorry. I'm an asshole. <laughs> um, and he, he looks at my arm and he's like, ah, cool. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, it's only the fourth time I played against mega cards today. And I'm like, Ooh, dude, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but, uh, wait, is then, the only person whose name you remembered Ben? Yeah. Cause I know the guy. <laughs> I know all of their faces. If you gave me if you gave me a lineup, I could point all of them out and go, I played that guy and that guy and that guy and that guy. I, I'm a face guy, not a name guy. Holy uh, shit. Again, apologies. I'm an asshole. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, we, we set up. He was, he was a great dude. We laughed the whole time, uh, which was not a long time because we set up. I pretty much the exact same thing. I charged forward. I was able to actually get, like, one guy into the charge. Um, and then he did the Caradron fuckery where he's like, oh, I have a bottled spell. Cool, what is it? Oh, it's the Warp Lightning thing from the Skaven list. So he just plopped that down. Mortal wounded all of my man crushers to death pretty much immediately. Um, and then he did a shooting round. And Jesus fucking Christ, Caradron have a lot of guns. Oh my god, like, he just kept rolling, and he's like, this gun, this gun, this gun, and it got to the point where I'm like, are you just making guns up at this point? Like, I believe you, but this is a lot of gun, and he's like, no, no, I can show you the list. I'm like, oh, okay, I believe you, <laughs> and uh, boy, were his dice hot. I think he, on his first round of shooting, I think he rolled maybe three ones between... Uh, I can't remember all the names between like two frigates and uh, uh, big ship, medium ship, small ship, a bunch of guys on the ground, uh, uh, multiple named heroes. What's got balloons on their backs? I don't know. They're steampunk dwarfs. Anyway, <laughs> they had a lot of DACA. Um, so he shot the ever loving shit out of me, killed the hell out of all my man crushers immediately. Got my Kraken eater down to like five wounds right off the bat. Uh, Gatebreaker was down. He killed the Gatebreaker in his first salvo. That's how much damage he was Oof. doing. My, my Gatebreaker with a five up feel no pain. He just demolished him. Um, it was, it was pretty brutal. I'm like, okay, well I can maybe recover from this roll off double turn <laughs> so he gets the double turn and uh second verse same as the first just just shot me to death there was just no chance i had i i was able to charge him with my kraken eater at the end of my first turn and do like two hits against his general wasn't able to kill him even though i i did all out attack i did or uh, i did the the gurish ability where he's max profile i did everything whiffed all of my attacks dice like ice for sure he he lived with like four wounds left uh and then he, my kraken eater was felled and then round two double turn shot the hell out of me uh my war stomper lived essentially just long enough to attack back with like one wound left i was able to kill his general i, I just barely bonked him on the noggin and finished him off and the next round i got the shit shot out of me again so it was it was uh uh i ended uh with him banging and me whimpering <laughs> it was it was terrible uh we were legitimately done in about 35 minutes it was the fastest game of age sigmar i've ever had yeah i knew it was either really good or really bad when we were like part of the way through turn one and you walk over <laughs> like hey dude what's up and you're like oh hey man what's going on oh i totally lost what double turn <laughs> ah. ow yeah, I had so much time left. I went and got lunch. I legitimately could have gone and taken a nap if I wanted to. I, I walked around. I, I checked out the 40K section for a while because there's some beautifully painted armies there. And, oh, my uh, God. They were on game eight, I think. The 40K tournament was so much yeah. longer than the Age of Sigmar tournament. Jeez. 
Yeah, one uh, more day. But, uh, you know, fun opponent, great painted army, super fun dude. Uh, just he knew how to fight Man- uh, Mega Gargants by that point, and but he just completely, oh, he was he was uh, the David to my Goliath for sure. <laughs> yeah, but uh, so you uh, finished, what, two, two, and one? I was I was literally just as average as possible. Two wins, two losses, one draw. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So I, I ended the tournament 39th out of 77. Hey, that's still not bad, though. Yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I, hey, my my goal for the tournament was one victory. I, I yeah. doubled that, and I got a draw, which is it was a it was, I got two point five victories. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my goal was also to win one. I really wanted to go positive, but since I didn't go positive, I still have all my hair. Well, I, I still have the same amount of hair I had. I technically went positive because the way they counted it, it, <laughs> yeah. it was a point five victory. Point <laughs> five. Uh, so, uh, what what did you think of the tournament, Andrew? All things considered. Uh, it was very interesting. Um, bit of a drive to get there from us. But bit not, of a drive. Wasn't not, too bad, though. Not too bad. My back only kind of hurt by the end of it. So, you know, only only eight hours, a couple of stops. Wasn't, wasn't horrible. If, if we go to Adepticon, I think we'll uh, we'll probably do a night either on the road or, I don't know, maybe just power that? through. That's like or, 14 or take hours? Like a long, yeah, I think it's 13 and a half. Oh, we can do that. We could just flip-flop drivers if we end up yeah. Um, I mean, I've driven that far before, but I will need a a kind of stop and wander around for about thirty or forty minute break. Impressions of the tournament. Uh, generally had a lot of fun. It was a, it was a cool place to hang out and just uh, you know meet people who are also as interested in the hobby as yeah. you are and talk rules and lists and you know comment on people's painting and uh, cool conversions and stuff. It was just a it was a really good energy. It was it was really fun to be around that, especially when you'd uh, you know finish a game early and uh, have a couple hours to walk between the tables, check out all the the Age of Sigmar, the 40k, mm-hmm. get all the 300 different flavors of space marines that were yeah. on, on display, the five different flavors of orcs that were on display, the one different flavor of Death Guard that was on display. There's there's only a few lists in 40k right now. Um, but a lot uh, of admech. A lot of admech. A lot of admech. I didn't forget that. Not as much. Uh, uh, not as much gray knight as i thought i would see there there was a bit but yeah i think uh i think that codex might have dropped a little too recently for people to have built up new ones if they didn't already have one gathering dust on their shelf since fifth edition i i didn't have enough time to wander around the 40k hall like you did andrew (laughs) yeah you kept playing games until the wire (laughs) i know right but man you want to talk about some of the most beautifully painted things i've ever seen like some of the display boards there were just amazing Oh man, like I, I pride myself on my painting. I'm a very solid painter. These people blew me out of the fucking oh, water. Okay, okay. Here's the thing though. Andrew's not gonna say it, so I fucking am. This dude here got actually pulled onto the table to go for best painted. Like they pulled his army and wanted to take pictures of it to compete for that. Like that's fucking huge, dude. I mean, you know, not to pat myself on the back, but uh <laughs> I think you need to wear a button that just says you're colorblind to squeak those extra points out. <laughs> get the sympathy points right like, well he didn't make a cool display board but his eyes are broken <laughs> you need to paint your armies exclusively in red and green and just be like yeah i can't see red or green i've had a couple of those i do pretty much exclusively play, play green skin armies yeah i know point. it's great uh my my general for my army is green <laughs> yeah, that's oh yeah he is i did i did call him he's jolly either big green, big green or jolly green the entire match so oh, you know that's great but, uh, 
yeah no that was a that was a really cool thing uh and you know i didn't even know they were doing a painting contest uh and the judge came up uh it was during my game with the the sleep to darkness player and he just kind of like pats me on the shoulder he's like hey man you got selected for best painted as soon as this match is done just to uh, move your models over to the table i'm like what fuck cool <laughs> awesome hell yeah <laughs> and then i kept rolling and uh they took pictures and that was that i if there was a totem pole of uh, who did the bestest in terms of painting, I probably would not have been very high up on it, but it was still just it doesn't really, matter, man. You got really, selected for the honor. Yeah, really cool to get selected. That was uh, uh, super unexpected and was definitely one of the highlights of my weekend. Yeah, when we say that Andrew's the best painter in our group, at least now we can back that with legitimate data. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope that they have an article where they post that on uh, Warhammer Community. So if anybody ever makes fun of my painting, I can go. Excuse me, I'm a I'm a I'm a published painter. <laughs> Wasn't one of the things you painted ended up on one of those, didn't it? Not on Warhammer Community, but on their um their, their hobby stream. roundup. Yeah, yeah, my um Your trolls, one my, right? One of my Fellwater trogs. Yeah. yeah, it was one of the blue ones I did. Sorry, trogs. Yes, my Fellwater trogoth. <laughs> That's awesome, though. But yeah, I mean the tournament was very well run. I don't know, just overall, it was a really solid, positive experience. Uh, yeah, I didn't really didn't, meet any assholes. Yeah, no jackasses, no no table flippers or anything like that. Um, you know, nobody really walked off in a huff. I, I did legitimately have a moment my first round where I got double turned in like 40 minutes, and I was just kind of mm -hmm. like, ugh, fuck. And I, I came across as a little pissy, but I did go back to the guy and apologize. And I was yeah. like, hey, man, you know, it's first thing in the morning. This was not a great way to start. And he's like, no, nah, dude, I totally understand. I was rolling super fucking hot. And like I said, we ended up shooting the shit and hanging out for like an hour and a half. Super cool dude. So, you know, uh, but yeah, no, no, no nerd rage that I really noticed. Yeah, uh, definitely drank more alcohol that weekend than I have drank in a very long time. It's uh, it's what you do in New Orleans. Yeah, fair it's, enough. Uh, it's, it's kind of what the town's built around at this point. We, uh, we got to explore the city a little bit the first night with Ben, who was a New Orleans native. We got some um, fucking beignets at Café du Monde. Yeah, I got 45 pounds of pa powdered, uh, sugar. powdered sugar in my mustache. Yeah. Yeah, on everything. It was everywhere. Oh, my God. It was, it's, they, it's a joke how much they put on there. It's ludicrous. But uh, had a lot of fun. A lot of good food. Met a lot of really cool people. Got a po' boy, you know, living <laughs> that New Orleans life. Yeah. Ended up uh, meeting um, Dan from the Badcast and hanging out with him a little bit. Yeah, Met a lot of other people. Shout out to Dan Boyd for putting up with us fucking nerds for two years. Yeah, seriously, for, for babysitting and dragging us around with him. But <laughs> uh, uh, a couple other people that are on like the Badcast Discord, um, a Goonhammer writer, some other really cool folks too. So hung out with them pretty much the whole weekend. Uh, somehow on um, Sunday night, uh, Andrew and I ended up in like the VIP room if you can have such a thing for Warhammer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just the, the, the super niche celebrity room. Yeah. yeah. We ended up uh, drinking in a hotel room with uh, Dan from the Badcast. There was Paul from Forge the Narrative, um, Nick Notavati, Mike Brandt, a bunch of other like organizers for events and stuff like that from across the hobby. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, I told my parents what I did over the weekend. They're like, that's nice, honey. And then if I tell <laughs> someone like Tony, he's like, fucking what? You did what? Yeah, it, so, was, you know, it was a lot of fun, though. The the super niche celebrity dumb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew owes Mike Brandt $16 because he's bad at poker. Yeah, I got dragged into a, a very <laughs> drunken poker match, and Mike was doing an Irish accent for the whole thing, and I was very confused. And then I, I was like, oh, well, we got to hang it. We got to go. We got to leave at like 7 in the morning tomorrow. And Mike's like, you, you, you owe us 16 bucks." I'm like, oh, well, uh, I'll be sure to get that to you next tournament. <laughs> and then walked out. <laughs> 
So if if I do actually see him again, I will hand him sixteen dollars and see if he even remembers because uh, everybody was a little toasty that night. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a lot of fun. Like ten out of ten would definitely go to an event again. Oh, for uh, sure. Most of the times after I play in a tournament or like an event, something local, I'm kind of kind of like hobby burned out after it. This one I wasn't at all. If anything, I was reinvigorated with the hobby. Same. Uh, I was exhausted when I got back, so I didn't, yeah. I didn't. I didn't do much hobbying the first couple of days after the tournament, but uh, I definitely wanted to. The energy was there. <laughs> the uh, what is it? The soul was willing, but the body is spongy and weak. Yeah, <laughs> my my paintings at Brannigan. Uh, but uh, a lot of fun. We're thinking about maybe doing uh, Adepticon uh, next year. Um, kind of for me personally, it depends on you know a wedding I might have to go to. We'll see if I have the vacation vacation days to do for it. But uh, I I will seriously consider it. it. It was a lot of fun, and I definitely you know I I think I went in with decent expectations when I as as long as I don't go in expecting being like ah oh, I'm, I'm going to win this one I'm going to do well I, you know that's that's not me I'm just there to hang out and meet new people and see cool armies essentially. Yeah, and I mean that was that was exactly what this tournament was. Like it was it was a great just social experience just to get out. And, you know, everyone has their own local meta that they play in. You've always got the people that you like to play against, the people you don't like to play against. You might not like some of the things at your shop. You might love some of the things at your shop. But getting out and experiencing it with people who paid money to drive or fly across the country, it was just a whole, whole different experience than I expected it to be. I thought it would be like a hobby shop, but on kind of a grander scale of the quality of player. But this was, I mean, there were people in full-on, like, team jerseys and everything. Like, we met a lot of cool other gaming clubs. We met there people was, who, who made their own, like, motorcycle vests and yeah, had uh, their own patches and stuff on the back. Uh, Harambe's Heroes out of Texas, I believe. Those guys were great. Uh, Art of War guys, also out of Texas. A lot of players from Texas. Apparently it has a very large Age of Sigmar scene, which I wasn't expecting. There's not much else to do in Texas. Mm, fair. It's, it's a lot of fields and cows. <laughs> it's most of the country, buddy. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, great time. I'm I'm excited to do it again at some point in the future. Um, it was just really, really nice. Because with a tournament like that, I feel like you get the kind of people who you know are going to at least moderately take it seriously because they paid a lot of money to come down and get an Airbnb or book the hotel room. They paid to drive or fly. They had to get food. They had to transport all their shit. So, you know, they're, they're there for... To, to to take it seriously at the very least or uh i don't know there <laughs> seriously might not necessarily be the right word there were a lot of people who showed up very hungover and a little bit drunk some days but you know they're they're uh they have a higher level of enthusiasm than a lot of people at a local shop let's say yeah for sure uh andrew you got anything else um not so much. Uh, uh, <laughs> we could tell the story about how we found a uh, first day in New Orleans. We blood walked across stain. the street to go to the, the French Quarter and uh, just found a, a nice pool of blood on the sidewalk. That was kind of interesting. <laughs> there was no crime tape. There was no chalk. The dude was probably fine. There was just a pool of blood. <laughs> a couple of the towels used to clean up. It was fine. Everything's fine. I'm sure he's fine. So uh, take what you will about New Orleans from that particular <laughs> scene that I just painted you. <laughs> Uh, we also got to be in the heart of New Orleans when the Saints lost to the Giants at home we in a literally hilarious the, upset. The Hyatt was literally right beside the Super Bowl, so we're just kind of like, oh, Superdome. Where? Did I say Super Bowl? You said Super Bowl. Well, it's okay. It's, you don't sports ball. Uh, so it's like a it's like a dome 
it's like it's like a bowl, but you put it upside down. It becomes a dome, and then they hit a home run, and uh, then they. I'm trying to think of every sports term I've ever heard of. <laughs> then throw a haymaker. And <laughs> <sighs> uh, <laughs> I'm I'm definitely a big sportsman. Clearly. But uh, yeah, um, so we were literally right beside the sporting place, and uh, that was uh, interesting for the traffic in the area, especially because a lot of the traffic lights were still down from the last hurricane that yeah. came through. So it was a to to run across the street to get dinner was a bit like playing Frogger with your own life. That was uh, that was interesting. I I almost died for a, a, a war crime against food called a Cajun Dilla. Oh, dude, night. that thing was so good. It was really good. It was it was Andu- so it was, good. It was a quesadilla, but it had, uh, had andouille sausage. Andouille sausage in it, and I think sh- you could get it with shrimp if you wanted to as well. It was it was legitimately pretty good. But yeah, it it pretty sounded solid. like a war crime against food. It was all right. Though. It, it was, was delicious. Right. It was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, that was my takeaway. Uh, if you have a chance to go to a cool big tournament like that, I'd say take it. It was it was definitely a fun experience. Yeah, definitely recommend. Uh, Andrew, I know usually I have you uh, give a piece of advice to leave on, but uh, I think I know. I think you know what I'm about to say. What what piece of advice we should leave on? Laser lay, creme brulee, <laughs> or something uh, like that. Yeah, we're really good at French. <laughs> laser lake creme brulee. Yeah, laser lay creme brulee. Uh, it's supposed to be uh, let the good times roll in French, but uh, our buddy Ben kept saying it. We couldn't understand what he was saying, so that became our battle cry for the so, weekend yeah. was Laser every, every Lake Crimberlake. Roll a six, we'd hear Laser Lake Crimberlake. Uh, I'm surprised he didn't strangle us, to be totally honest with he you. Was, he was on cloud nine. He was eating great he food. Was, he was having oh a good God. time. If he, you lose fast, you eat well, I think exactly. was his motto that weekend. Yeah, he 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 hustled across the street to get a seafood platter at one point. He was he was having a great time. Yeah, in but be- in between games, this man literally ran like over half a mile to the French Quarter to get a big old platter of seafood and then ran back. Yeah, he had like twenty minutes to get back, and he's like, "Well, I'm stuffed to the gills with food." So, uh, but let's... he did, he did bring us those Cajun potatoes that were pretty fucking good. They were pretty solid. That's it's I'm I'm not big on New Orleans as a as a place, but man, the food is good. Yeah, for sure. All right, folks. Well, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with Episode 7, Subject to be Determined. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Bye. Thank you once again for listening. You can always contact us at DiceLikeIcePodcast at gmail.com or find us on our Facebook or Instagram, also under DiceLikeIcePodcast. We would also like to give a big shout-out to Scarlet Saturn for use of their music in our show.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.